Well, uh, hello, Life Church. It is a privilege to be here with you this weekend. My name is Jeremy, and I'm one of the staff pastors here at Life Church. Uh, I happen to be the campus pastor for the West Campus, which, by the way, is going absolutely phenomenal. And so I just want to give you a quick update uh, on that and some of the things that are going on. I wanted to let you know at the West Campus, uh, the Life Church West Campus, it's not just a West Campus thing, it's uh, the Life Church as a whole. Uh, we're seeing guests come every weekend. Uh, we're seeing first-time guests come every weekend. We're seeing lives being changed. We've seen over 25 people make first-time decisions for Christ or recommitments to Christ. Uh, we've got a core leadership team of line chasers that are just really, really making it happen in every area, serving and setting up and with kids and in all these different uh, arenas and everything that it takes to that it takes to pull off church in a movie theater. I want you to know that West Campus is going well, and I want to thank you, Life Church, for being willing to take a kingdom risk and uh, just do church differently. Isn't it fun to be a part of, of, of church that is done just a little bit differently, that when you talk about it, people kind of go, I'm not quite sure, but that's cool. It's good. Uh, and two, as Pastor Kevin just mentioned, it is the launch of our, of our online campus. And so we want to just encourage you that if you're traveling, you're on vacation, uh, something of that nature, you're out of town, the online campus is an opportunity for you to still be connected to the family. I want to tell you that it's not a substitute, you know, to showing up at church. You don't get to go to bedside assembly every Sunday. Uh, but if you're out traveling, uh, it is an opportunity for you to stay connected. Or, uh, too, it's a great way that if you have a friend that you're investing in and you're, you've been inviting, uh, that you can tell them to check out a service and they can see the entire service in its entirety online. And so, too, we want to welcome our, uh, our online campus. And I know that we'll have a, a viewer this, a, a special viewer this weekend, and that being Pastor Aaron. Uh, Pastor wanted me to communicate to you that he is uh, traveling. Uh, he's in Ireland this weekend, and he's actually at St. Mark's Church in Dublin. Dublin, which is the largest evangelical church in all of Dublin, and he'll be speaking there this weekend, and so it's a phenomenal opportunity that he has. We want to lift up our senior pastor uh, as he has the opportunity to share God's word. He sends this text message um, to you via me. Uh, he says, we love you and miss everybody. We can't wait to preach next weekend back home, and so we wanted to communicate that to you, and uh, it's just, again, it's exciting to see what God is doing and what he's using our leader, uh, the visionary uh, Pastor Aaron to do. And I just, I, I want to just give this reminder. My wife and I, uh, we're, we're still relatively new to the team. We've been on staff here at Life Church for eight months. And uh, I, for those of you that, that have, maybe you've been here a while, and, and what, I know what can happen is sometimes you, you just kind of get used to things. I just want to remind you, you're part of a great church, an absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal church. We've got a visionary leader. We've got a fun, just a, a very great staff uh, that we have a lot of fun with. And it's just, Again, uh, for somebody who's, I've been, had the opportunity to be at a couple different churches and, um, and, and just to be at a place where it's not our best days are behind us or, hey, here's what we're going to do, but we're a great church right here and right now is refreshing and it's fun. My, uh, my four-year-old, I have a four-year-old, McKenna, and uh, she absolutely loves Life Church. She literally wakes up every day asking, do we have church today? Um, and so we have to tell her, no, no, we don't have church today, um, but we will, we will have church, okay? And then she gets confused because my wife and I, we, we bounce back and forth between the West Campus and the Germantown Campus. And so on days that we do have church, great, where do we have church? Is it at the movie theater church or is it in Germantown? We have to clarify all these things for her. Uh, she recently just celebrated her fourth birthday, and we make a big deal out of birthdays in our home. If it's your birthday, you get to pick every meal like it's the big deal. She corrected her sisters because her sisters were calling her by her name, and she wanted to be called by the birthday girl that day. And um, 
she was ticked because she couldn't go to church on her birthday, and she figured if I get to call all the shots, I want to go to I want to go do we I want to go to my class on my birthday, and uh, we weren't able to bring her to her class on her birthday, and she was ticked about that. And so, I just say, Life Church, you're doing something right. Uh, you're doing something right, and it's very refreshing. It's very fun. It's incredibly fulfilling uh, to be a part of this staff and to be a part of this team to serve under Pastor Aaron, his leadership and his mentorship, and um, and to be a part of of you, uh, the family. Uh, you've been so warm and welcoming uh, to us and our family. And so we just, I just want to say thank you on behalf of my wife and our kids. Uh, we love you, and uh, we're, we're really, really glad uh, to be serving uh, alongside of you. Um, this is the 4th of July, 4th of July w- weekend. If you're not yet aware of that, I'll, I'll communicate that to you. It's 4th of July weekend. I hope that you've got some exciting plans, uh, some family things. And um, nothing says freedom, right? 4th of July, nothing, nothing says freedom like fireworks, right? Um, hopefully you've got plans to go see fireworks. Uh, there's no greater freedom than to blow something up, right? Um, any pyros out there? Um, I always notice the guys are a whole lot more inclined to acknowledge that than, than the ladies are, uh, which is uh, probably goes back to our caveman roots, right, the, the invention of, of fire. Um, and then we've got this sermon series that we're doing called Twitter, which is all about tweets. Uh, each of us as pastoral staff having the opportunity to just kind of download something that's on our heart. And what I want to talk about is freedom. Um, and, and it definitely ties in with this weekend. Um, and, and it's funny because we've got this social media phenomenon, right? Facebook and, and Twitter. And uh, there's just been a lot of freedoms, a lot of liberties, a lot of expressions that you see on uh, Twitter and on Facebook statuses and things like that that are kind of funny. And so what I did uh, this week is I talked to some of the members around the staff and I said, hey, just uh, what are some of the funnier things that you see happening on, on Facebook or Twitter? What are some of the tweets that are out there that you either, uh, number one, find really funny or secondly, are, are just kind of annoying? And so... I thought I would share some of those real quick you, quickly uh, with you as we, uh, as we dive into this message. And so have you noticed this on Twitter that apparently uh, punctuation is just kind of a, you know, you can totally abuse the exclamation point and nobody really cares about that. Um, spelling, you just want to ask what school did you go to? I want to make sure my kids don't go to that district. Um, you know, uh, just notice some of those things. I always like the, uh, the letters that people write. On, uh, on different statuses or different tweets where they want to write, dear DMV or dear, you know, different institutions or organizations as if that institution is going to go and, oh my gosh, somebody wrote us a letter and um, their status, we should probably, we should probably examine this. Um, or this, is, this one kind of scares me where you, you, you see like the, uh, the board in Germantown or board in Pewaukee, text me, call me, whatever. You want to be like, haven't you ever seen Dateline? Hello. Um, you know, those, those aren't good things to necessarily just throw out there uh, that anybody should call or text me. And um, I've got friends in ministry. I want to be careful. I know this is, this is being recorded and broadcast. But I've got friends in ministry that uh, my wife and I kind of get a little bit of, of a chuckle out of sometimes that some of the false humility. Um, you know, I sold all my earthly possessions and gave all the money to the poor, serving at a soup kitchen right now. Wish I could do more. And you just kind of go, you know, really? I, I think I just threw up in my mouth there. Um, you know, there's just, there's funny things, right? When we have, ex- uh, when we have the freedom of expression and we have this thing called the, tech, the technology of internet and Twitter and Facebook and to just kind of throw anything and everything out there. And uh, so there's, there's incredible freedom in that, uh, but we want to be careful in how we, we use our freedom. And in the words of the 1980s mogul Bobby Brown, uh, freedom is not the ability to, uh, to, to just exercise your prerogative, do what you want to do. Why can't I just live my life the way I want to live my life? Some of you, you remember those days. Uh, that didn't work out so well for Bobby Brown. 
And so what I want to do is I just want to set the record straight. And in the spirit of Twitter, I've got a, a lot of things that I, that I want to run through and just some short verse, um, some information that I, that I want to share with you, some things that are on my heart. And the best place for us to look uh, this, right, to this weekend is to the book of Galatians. Uh, Galatians is a, is a great book. It's one of my favorite books of the Bible. Were you to look in my Bible, you would see the book of Galatians. It's just uh, underlined and highlighted, and I've written in the margins and all that kind of stuff. I love the book of Galatians. Uh, it's only six chapters long. Uh, I love it so much that I'm going to challenge you that sometime over this next week, you would take time uh, to read the book of Galatians. Again, it's only six chapters. Uh, you can do it. Paul writes the book of Galatians to the church in Galatia because there's this issue that's taking place um, where there's seemingly contrast between the law and what it is to live in the liberty and the freedom of Jesus Christ. And Paul makes some pretty great statements uh, as he begins the book of Galatians where he talks about so-called Christians. And he talks about these legalists. Those are strong words. Uh, and, and what he's really doing is he's trying to navigate the tension of what it is to be religious and what it is to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. What it is to be a follower versus what it is to operate in freedom. And so uh, I want to challenge you to read that book. I'm going to kind of give you a preview to the book of Galatians as I communicate um, throughout this weekend. Um, but it's not going to be like one of those bad movies where the preview kind of shows all the funny stuff and then you go watch the movie and there's nothing else there. I'm going to give you a, just a sneak peek, a preview to Galatians, and I guarantee you that if you'll take time uh, this upcoming week to look at it, read it yourself, uh, you'll find uh, some great things as well. So the first thing that I want to communicate to you is, number one, in talking about freedom and being a free bird, that was the title of, of this weekend's message is Free Bird, is that, number one, God wants you to be free. Understand, above all else, God wants you to be free. It's his heart's desire. His heart's desire is that none would, would perish, and in that, that means that he wants to bring freedom. God wants to give you freedom that you would live above and beyond the cares of this world, that, yes, you would live in this world, but you would not live of this world, that you would live differently. That doesn't necessarily mean weird but that you would just live differently and that in, in other people's perspective of you that they'd see something in you that they may not fully understand, but in their thinking, they might think they want to be more like you only to come to realize that as they look to be more like you, they find that the, the personality and nature of Jesus Christ. That God wants you to be free. Here's some things that uh, God wants us to be free from. I'm going to take a couple of really broad brush strokes at, at, uh, at, at some of these comments, and you can process them yourself and let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Uh, but God wants us to be free. Number one, he wants us to be free from our pain. Whether your pain be self-inflicted, whether your pain be um, the victim of circumstance, understand that God wants you to be free from your pain. Pain is an incredibly important issue in all of our lives because here's what I've come to realize. Uh, when I experience pain, if I don't deal with it, pain turns into anger. And if I don't deal with my anger, anger turns into bitterness. And if I don't deal with my bitterness, I, I've, I'm, I'm really in a rough spot. I like this, this quote. It says, bitterness is the poison that you drink hoping somebody else dies. <laughs> right? Bitterness is the poison that you drink hoping somebody else dies. Bitterness will mess with your life. Pain in your life will mess with you, and it will only hurt yourself. You may have pain from your past. You have, may have pain from your failure. But understand, above all else, God wants you to be free from your pain. Galatians 4, 5 says that God sent him, Jesus, God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own. God wanted to remove pain so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, that he, you might be adopted in the family of Jesus Christ and be free from pain. Secondly, God wants you to be free from your sin. 
The greatest commandment in all of the world is to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Basically loving God and loving other people. What that is is that's drawing near to God and it's drawing near to others. Uh, sin in its most basic and its most basic definition is separation. Separation from God and separation from others. It's in direct, uh, it's, it's the antithesis of, of, of that great commandment to love God and the other people. It, it creates separation rather than drawing us closer, it pulls us further apart. When we, when we become to, pulled further apart from Jesus Christ, we notice that we become awkward with the things of Christ. We become distant to the things of Christ. We become hardened to the things of Christ. And when that begins to happen, what too, we notice our relationship with other people begin to change as well. When you become awkward with Christ, you start to become awkward with other people. And when you become awkward with other people, at least maybe this is the pattern in my life, I notice that I become a whole lot judgmental, more judgmental of other people. I become a whole lot more critical of other people. Sin separates us from Christ and from other people. Uh, one of the greatest sins that I think we all commit are sins of selfishness. Sins that are primarily concerned with numero uno, taking care of myself. It's all about me. And so I want to challenge us in the areas of our sins uh, that the sins of selfishness uh, not creep in. Sins of selfishness are all about who's really calling the shots. Who do I really trust? Who do I really believe has the better plan, the better objective? Galatians 3.22 says, But Scripture declares that we are all prisoners of sin, so we receive God's promise of freedom by believing in Jesus Christ. Again, we see this person of Jesus Christ who can free us from sin. Third thing that, uh, that God wants us to be free from is he wants us to be free from our perspective. Uh, what do I mean when I say that? I want, <laughs> this, is, this is one that for me is, is very real. Um, free from our perspective is free from the opinion of other people. Can I, can I get an amen on that one? A holla holla. Um, okay, free from the opinion of other people. Um, it's real. That's a real pressure. It's a real stress. It's the freedom to, be, uh, to, to not have to live in the comparison. There's an old Stephen Curtis Chapman song. I date myself here a little bit uh, off the album For the Sake of the Call. Um, I don't even know what year. I don't even want to know what year. Uh, but he talks, there's he, a lyric that he says, God wants our best and not our better than. God wants our best and not our better than. To be free from the comparison, be free from our perspective. I remember when I very first heard this verse, and I'm going to share with you, Galatians 1.10. I was at a retreat as a youth pastor. I was new in ministry. I was at a larger church. I was trying to figure out how to be a youth pastor, how to manage perception of parents, perception of leadership, perception of students, perception of me, and what do I, what's my stamp, and what does this all look like? And a student, Tim, Timmy Campbell, shared this. He was a sophomore in high school at Heritage, and he shared this verse. I said, I like that. Can I have it? And he said, well, it's not really mine, but sure. Uh, Galatians 1.10 says, obviously... I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. I remember that day specifically. I remember the time and location. I wrote it down. And it's not that I don't respect authority or anything like that in my life. It's that I came to a greater understanding that I live for an audience of one. And when I put my, my head on my pillow at night, I want to know that Jesus was happy with the day. So God wants us to be free. Above all else, God wants us to be free. How do we get it? We do have a part in this process. It's not just about God's desire. God always meets us halfway. We've got to be willing to take a step. He oftentimes, all the time, takes the first step. He knocks on the door. It's our, it's our desire whether we open that door or not. And so uh, our part is how do we get free? How do we get free? Um, I want to tell you that freedom, quite simply, freedom is found in surrender. For every freedom, a price must be paid. 
Did you know that in the last 235 uh, years, 1.3 million soldiers have died for our freedom? Right? That's for our external freedom, the right to be an American, the right to bear arms and own land and do all those different things. Uh, 1.3 million soldiers, and that number unfortunately only increases, have died that we would have the external freedom of what it is to be an American. Every freedom comes with a price. That we would have the eternal freedom of heaven as our home, our future glory, our blessed hope. It came with the price. The price wasn't 1.3 million, but the price was one. Jesus, God's only son, that we might have eternal freedom. And so freedom is found in surrender. I want to give us a few things that I think we can all look at surrendering. Number one is surrender our plans. Surrender our plans. My own life, my own life is the epitome of a failed business plan. It was my intention in life, even though I knew I was called into full-time vocational ministry, it was my intention in life that I was going to be a businessman. And so I started attending Marquette, and, and it was pursuing a finance degree and all those things, and there just became this awful unrest that I knew that I was operating in my plans and not his plans. It was a failed business plan, and I needed to surrender that. And so the question begs to be asked, are there things in your life that you're trying to do without God's help? Are there things in your life that aren't necessarily his plan? And uh, let me just give us this practical encouragement. Uh, Don't ask God for help last in your planning process. I've heard this statement more often than not, where I've done everything that I can do, so now I'm just going to pray about it. That's like me trying to fix a car or me trying to, like, paint something. The harder I try, the worse it gets. <laughs> um, and so in, in, in surrendering your plans to Christ, surrender them to him first. I've asked God, now I'm going to do everything that I can do. Uh, don't, don't invert that. You'll save yourself some, some time and, and pain. Uh, Galatians 3.3, 3, this is another one of my favorite verses. Galatians 3.3, 3, it says, How foolish can you be? After starting your Christian lives in the Spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect in your own human effort? Right? Doesn't that happen? That's just that slow fade. It's that creep that, that, that happens in all of our lives. Uh, we're, we're, for whatever reason, us and our infinite wisdom, we think that our plans are better than his. And I understand that we're intelligent and God, God speaks to us, but, but uh, let me remind us that it's God who do, who's able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. Right? So as great as your plan may, may be, it's God who's able to, able to do immeasurably more than you can ask or imagine. Secondly, we surrender our problems. This one sounds easy, right? Because we all got people in our lives that we think are problems. And so, God, I know you're a jealous God. So if you just want to take this person up to heaven with you, then by all means, you know, heal them or take them away, right? Come on, you prayed that prayer too. I mean, right? We surrender our problems. Um, it's, it's, it's important. It's a good thing to surrender our problems. We make sure that we, when we surrender our problems, we see our responsibility. We see whatever it is that we've done to somehow contribute um, to, that, to that problem. And I'll give us, again, just this practical encouragement. Let's not make our problems more spiritual than they really are. Um, I've just determined this in my life. I don't ever want to give Satan more credit, or whatever you call him, Satan, the dark one, the evil one, whatever. Um, I don't ever want to give him more credit than what he deserves. Sometimes, straight up, my problems are because I made poor choices. My problem is my problem. I created that problem. And so don't make your problems more spiritual than you are. And they, oh, I'm under spiritual attack or, you know, Satan made me do it. Um, no, I just, again, my determination is that I'm not ever going to give Satan more credit than what he ever deserves. And so I would rather take ownership for my problem um, than to give Satan credit for it. Um, and, and then, too, there's a group of us, when we, call, when we talk about surrendering our problems, for whatever reason, 
you have a deep desire to want to surrender your problem, and you know that that's the right thing to do to surrender your problem, but for whatever reason, you maybe extend the problem, but you still kind of hang on to it because in your problem there might be some security because you're at least used to that because that's maybe what's comfortable or at least that's what's normal. Or in your problem there's some sympathy because you've got this going on in your life. Other people come to your aid. Other people feel sorry for you. Other people, there's, there's sympathy. I don't want to tell you that God says be set free from your problems. Galatians 5.24 says, Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. That if you belong to Jesus Christ, you surrender your problem. Thirdly, we surrender our pride. In, uh, in talking about surrendering our pride, what I'm, my thought here is basically that was we need to recognize our need uh, for help from other people. That's a pride-swallowing adventure. And that as we realize that we need help from other people and we receive help from other people, is that we then go out and with the very same desire, we, we go out to seek and to serve that which is lost. We go out to help other people as well. There's this principle in mountain climbing. I'm told I'm not much of a mountain climber. I'm, I'm better at rolling down them uh, than going up them. But there's this principle in mountain climbing where basically uh, when, you're, when, you're, when you're climbing a mountain, you want somebody ahead of you who's already gone the path that you've gone, that you look to, that you look to their example. And then in the very same way, there's people below you that are following your lead. They're following the direction in which you're going. And so applying that to us and our spiritual journeys, I want to encourage you, look up to the examples in your life. Look to the examples of Scripture. Look to the examples of, of, Bible, uh, of, of Bible characters. Look to the examples of those which are here on earth that, that are, that are God-fearing men and women that are role models in your life. Look to the example of Pastor Aaron. Right? Find people in your life. Get involved in a life group. Places that you have that you look up to the right examples. And in the very same way that as you're served, as you're blessed, you be a blessing to somebody else, that you find other people along the way that you can help. And I, I, I heard this quote. I liked it. It says, don't ever look down on people unless you're there to lend a helping hand. Right? Don't fool yourself. Don't trick yourself to just look down on people for the sake of looking down on people that you might feel better about yourself or at least I'm not in that situation. Don't look down on people unless you're willing to lend a helping hand. It's good? All right, just, make, just checking. So we surrender our pride. Galatians 5.13, this is good. Galatians 5.13 says, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, uh, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. There's another verse in, in chapter 5, I believe it's uh, verse 6, that it talks about the only faith that matters is faith expressed in love. That when we surrender our pride, we, we just we love. We become a more loving individual. So God does his part in that he wants us to be free. We've got to do our part uh, and, and what it is it that we do to get free. And then there's this awesome journey that us and God get to take together, and that's what it is to, to stay free. It's the part that we, that we do together. And so I've got just a couple quick more tweets on what it is to, to stay free. Number one is be unoffendable. Be unoffendable. If you want to stay free, be unoffendable. Galatians 2.20 says, For my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I live this earthly body, so I live this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I live on this world, I live on this earth, trusting God who gave himself in me. I die to myself. 
Here's what I know. Paul makes the statement that we're to die to ourselves daily. And if we die to ourselves daily, you, you become unoffendable because you, you can't offend a dead person. Right? You just can't. They don't get too bent out of shape. I don't want, let's not think about that too long, okay? Um, you can't offend a dead person. And so die to yourself. They make that commitment that I die to myself daily. Secondly, we want to stand firm. Understand that our faith is continually under, under attack. We see that in our external freedom and what it is to be an American and the wars we fight and the things that go on. The only thing that we have secured is that of our eternal freedom, our blessed hope, that of heaven. And then we, we, we make the most of every, of every day, of every opportunity. Understand that our freedom is, is constantly under attack. I had this, uh, this funny thing happen to me. Um, one summer of my life, uh, I was a lifeguard at uh, Spencer Lake Bible Camp where our, our students are going to camp this summer. And um, I, I received a phone call from my dad. And he said, uh, hey, Jeremy, is there any, you know, how's it going? Is there anything you want to tell me? Nope. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I uh, said, so, you know, are you sure there isn't anything you want to tell me? Because I got a postcard in the mail today, Jeremy. Is there anything you want to tell me? Uh, no, I don't. I don't. Well, well, Jeremy, I got a postcard from the Illinois State Police. Uh, and it says it's a warrant for your arrest. And it recommends that you come and turn yourself in right away. Because if you get pulled over for any traffic violation, you'll be taken to jail immediately. Jeremy, is there anything you want to tell me? I love you, Dad. I appreciate everything you and Mom have done for me. You're the best. You know, I, I'm, I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. And, and so I knew nothing was wrong. He said, well, you, you know, you need, to, you, need to, you need to come find me. And uh, he and I together, we went to the Illinois State Police headquarters. It was a Saturday evening. My dad's a pastor. And, uh, and my dad's kind of the, hey, we're going to get this taken care of. We're going to make this right. And so we go there. And I'm kind of jokingly walk in with my postcard. And I'm like, hey, I'm Jeremy Chapman. I'm here to be arrested. And, well, like three minutes later, I was sitting in a holding cell. Um, and so they're pretty prompt there. When you, when you cooperate, they get things done fast. Um, and so I'm sitting in a holding cell. I'm sitting in a holding cell with a guy who's in there for a battery, of ass- a battery assault with a sword. Um, I had a guy next to me who thought it was Tom Waddle, who at the time was a receiver for the Chicago Bears. And he goes, you're Tom Waddle. I know I'm not Tom Waddle. You're Tom Waddle. Finally, yes, I'm Tom Waddle. Don't tell anybody. You know, this is, it's our secret, okay? Um, goofy, ridiculous, um, and frustrating. <laughs> it, I don't, I'm not going to go into all the details, but the frustration of being wrongly accused, Right? To, to, to truly be innocent, um, and, and trust me, I was innocent. There was another Jeremy Chapman. We had similar uh, social security numbers and birth dates, and it was a, the police department acting in good faith, and he liked to steal cars. I, I liked to buy them. Um, so, uh, so because I was the nice person and went and turned myself in, I got to spend the vast majority of that evening in jail. Uh, but ladies and gentlemen, freedom is continually under attack, and the encouragement is to stand firm whether wrongly accused, whether, and they, like, they offered me plea bargains, they'll just say you did it, I, but I, I didn't do it, right? Your freedom will continually be under attack, and the instruction of Scripture is just simply stand firm. When you've done all that you can do, stand firm, continue to stand, defend, fight. The verse in uh, Galatians 5.1, so it says that Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free. Do everything you need to do to stay free. That the sacrifice of Jesus Christ uh, on that cross would never be in vain. Stay free. Thirdly, and this is wrapping it up and closing here. Thirdly is focus on God's best. Know that you serve a loving God. That regardless of your situation, regardless of your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions, of everything going on around you, know that you serve a good God. 
who has unfailing love, whose redemption overflows in your life, who is worthy, who is majestic, who is all those things. And when you live in the reality of the, regardless of my feeling, regardless of my situation, regardless of this, that, and the other, I trust above all else that God is good. God will bring good gifts your way. Galatians 5, and 23 says, but the, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Another translation says against these things there is no condemnation. When you trust that God is good and you allow the Holy Spirit to be alive and active in your life, you can't help but bear good fruit. And against that good fruit, there is no wrong. There is no slavery. There's no bondage. There's nothing, nothing that can separate you from the love of Jesus Christ. And so the word of the Lord for today is free bird. God wants you to be free. Get free and stay free in Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to ask that everybody would stand, whether you're on the West Campus or here at Germantown. I'm just going to ask that everybody would stand. On a message like this, I, I would kick myself if I didn't give us opportunity to respond. And so simply, if you're here today and you've never made the decision to follow Jesus Christ, I want to give you that opportunity to know what it is to be truly free, to be forgiven, to be loved, and to be set on the right path. And so I, I just simply ask that with every uh, head bow and every eye closed, that if that's you and you want to make the decision to be free, that today would be the day. That 2011, you made it happen. You surrendered. You let go. Pain, failure, whatever it may be, you let go and you let God. I'm just going to simply ask that everybody in this room and at the West Campus, if you would just lend your voice to this prayer. Heavenly Father, I ask you into my life. I need you to be my Savior. I need to be set free. God, I ask that you'd help me to stay free by the confession of any sin I, I have in my life. God, and I ask that you help me to stay free. This is a change that I mean, and this is a change that will last. In your name I pray, amen. I just want to pray a prayer of dismissal for all of us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you're good. And God, for anybody here, God, that doesn't know what it is, to be free. God, maybe they've tasted and they've seen. They've had moments of freedom, glimpses of freedom, but for whatever reason right now, it's not happening. God, I pray that as only you could do, you would lovingly wrap your arms around your children, God, on which you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to purchase freedom for. God, and you'd, you'd show them the way. God, if there's issues of surrender in our lives, God, then help us to be brave enough and bold enough to surrender. God, if there's things that we need to give to you, then help us to give them to you. God, whether it's just a godly confidence, a godly stubbornness to walk in your freedom, Lord, then help us to do that. God, we give you this weekend and everything that's within it. Keep us safe. 
Help us to have fun. But God, help us to be reminded of your freedom. We ask all these things in your name. Amen.